0: Well, hello and welcome to the Evolving Bodies podcast. It is uh, Thursday, I think it is August 29th, uh, 2019. And uh, we are all sitting patiently here in Florida, um, waiting for Hurricane Dorian to arrive, hoping that she's gonna move down to a tropical storm by Monday. And um, yeah, so that's always exciting, being a Floridian. We definitely pay the price for living in paradise. We're always under the threat of some type of hurricane or storm. Anyway, on to more interesting topics. Why you're even turn- tuned in today to the Evolving Bodies podcast. Which I am still trying to decide on a permanent name for this podcast. So if anybody wants to help me out and give me some suggestions, that would be wonderful. There is already uh, evolved evolve your life podcast which is originally what I wanted um and I actually looked it up and there is an evolve your life podcast and I started to listen to it and I have to tell you I really really like it so um I can't use that name I was also thinking of evolving bodies because that is my brand but you know we talk about so much more than just you know your your body and your health So, I don't know, I'm still looking. Evolving you, evolve your health, evolve your life, um, so many different choices. Anyway, so today I want to talk about three specific things. One, I'm going to give you an update since I went back on... Um, Antidepressant and something to help me sleep. So, I wanted to give you an update on all of that um, just so that you guys, while I learn, I try to teach you guys. So, I just kind of wanted to um, extend all the knowledge that I've been learning. I've been doing so much research on antidepressants, anti anxiety, and sleeping medication. So, I'm going to give you an update on that. And then we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about social media, and specifically we're going to talk about how to build all of your social media platforms so that you are only seeing content that you want to see, that you're seeing content that you want to learn from, and so that your social media can be a productive um, thing for you instead of just going on and seeing everybody's super annoying posts and then makes you really angry. Okay, so that's two, and then the third thing we're going to talk about today is meditation. So, let's get into it. Um, Firstly, I want to talk about the update. If you haven't listened to the previous couple of podcasts, I talk a lot about depression, anxiety, and insomnia. And I was very honest with my journey that, um, you know, I always used to be very against medication, as I think everyone is until they actually need it. Until something is going on with them where they actually need it. Um, you know, and I'm always very honest about saying to you, hey, I've learned more about something than I did before, and things have changed, and I wanted to tell you. So I had been on an antidepressant and a sleeping pill um, since my son passed, and it's been four years, and then I decided that I wanted to come off of them, because I wasn't feeling so good on them. Um, I definitely felt like the antidepressant was messing with my creativity, which apparently is a thing, because I looked it up, and... Um, The sleeping medication was addictive, and I did want to try and learn to sleep myself, even though insomnia has been something I've been dealing with uh, my whole life. So does my mom, so did my dad, um, but my dad could survive on three hours sleep a night. My mom and I cannot. So um, I came off both of them, and I was doing really great for a while, and then about a month after I had stopped, I woke up one morning and it was like I had been hit with a bag of bricks. I felt so depressed, debilitatingly depressed. Um, I had so much anxiety and, you know, I stopped sleeping. So I had to figure something out. This went on for a while. And then I finally decided to just start Googling. Like I just Googled depression to find out what my options are outside of being on um, a, an addictive or dependent medication. And I found this amazing website called brightside.com. They are a bunch of doctors, a bunch of psychiatrists, and what they do is they, um, it's $95 a month, including all the medication that they need to send you. You get an appointment with one of their um, doctors on like a Skype or Zoom, and they'll talk to you for as long as you want. I happen to have loved, 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 loved the psychiatrist they hooked me up with. We talked for a long time. I think he was so knowledgeable about medication. The one thing I love about them is that they cannot prescribe any habit-forming or narcotic medications. They can only prescribe non-habit-forming, non-narcotic medications, which is exactly what I was looking for, um, being that they are web-based and you're not there in person. So I was put on an antidepressant and I also was put on a light antidepressant that I was supposed to take at night to fall asleep because apparently... It is a great support to your antidepressant, but also it is supposed to help you sleep. I definitely will tell you that I am not depressed. I feel great mentally in that aspect. And um, I think that the medication he gave me at night to help me sleep actually does a brilliant job of um, knocking out anxiety. But it is a crappy sleep aid. So... I did get in touch with him, and we had another Skype session, I think it's on a program called Zoom, but we had another face to face face to face session and I explained to him that literally I, I really I need like a horse, horse tranquilizer to sleep. this has just been a problem my entire life. If you knew the amount of things I had to do before I go to bed just so that I can sleep it's crazy. so I explained that to him, and he did send me something else again not have non habit forming and non-addict, obviously non-addictive, but non-narcotic, of course. And I think it actually does a pretty decent job of helping me sleep. The problem is that I'm extremely drowsy the next morning. It really doesn't matter if I have to be out of bed at 6 a.m. or at 10 a.m. It's exactly the same feeling for me. Once I'm up, I feel fine, but the chronic fatigue, um, it does kick my ass a lot. So, you know, but I don't know what's, I mean, I do know what's better. It's better to get sleep so that my brain is functioning and I'm healthy. And then it is for me just to be a little drowsy the next day. So I'm trying to cope with that. And, um, as far as like the pain in my body, which I had discussed the last couple of podcasts that I have um, autoimmune diseases and I've got, one of them is rheumatoid arthritis and and fibromyalgia, which causes like a lot of pain the majority of the time. Some days it was really hard. Some days are very, very hard. Some days, you know, you have to just stay home and move as little as possible. And other days it's, you know, um, completely workable. And I will say that the pain um, definitely got so much better when I went back on an antidepressant the antidepressant that the doctor actually chose for me is something that does help people that deal with fibromyalgia pain in their body. And that's what the last medication did when I was on medication for four years. And I didn't realize that it was masking so much of my pain until I came off. So I will say that is a lot better. I've had one really bad day, which was yesterday. Um, And I actually said to my husband, he was like feeling so bad for me. And there's really nothing anybody could do for you except help you with you know chores in the house and anything that you have to be physical with. Um, but he felt so bad, and I actually said to him, "I said, well, you know, these things usually come. I never know why. I don't know what change brings it on. Whether it's weather, nutrition. I try everything, and sometimes I just don't know what brings it on." Um, and I said to him, "It's going to be two days of like awful, and then by the third day it gets better, and then day four I should be fine again." But good news is. Um, that was yesterday, and today I feel great. I worked out, I slept good, and, um, so maybe the medication is helping in more ways than one with that, because my episode this time was a lot shorter than it normally is. Um, I don't know how to explain the pain, but, for example, I remember trying to describe to my mom years ago, it hurts to get dressed, and it hurts to, like, grab plates out of the dishwasher, anything you have to bend or use any type of, um you know strain to do. So even things like just like preparing dinner last night. It, so anyway, if you are somebody that does suffer with fibromyalgia pain or you have an autoimmune disease like rheumatoid arthritis, um you know, give me a shout out, uh, call me, talk to me, text me, message me and I will help you as best I can. I've been dealing with this um for over 20 years. Uh over 25 years. Okay. So there's that. Again, the website is called brightside.com. If anybody is interested or you know anybody suffering, I suggest that you look them up and give them a call and inquire about their services because I love the fact that They seemingly have very knowledgeable doctors, and they cannot prescribe you anything that is narcotic or habit-forming, and I think that is a great thing, actually. So it forces them to use their database of medications and really learn about other things that are out there, and I love that. And he also was really, really knowledgeable, by the way, on supplementation. Um, You know, so I, I obviously really appreciated that. So that's that out of the way. I wanted to talk a little bit about social media. So, it, social media is something that I have a very big love hate relationship with because I've been on Facebook since 2008. And up until about a couple of years ago, I would say that I felt like I was using my platform in a very impactful and responsible manner and I felt like I, I felt responsible because I feel a responsibility with social media. I feel like I'm given this platform to say and do anything I want and I think that I really take my time to think about the content that I'm going to put out there because I'm aware that it impacts people. Either it can impact them negatively or it can impact them positively. And obviously, I want to try to educate and impact people and inspire people in a positive way. I really felt like I was doing that. And then, I think a couple of years ago, um, well, I've always had an Instagram, but now I I focus mainly on it for... um, the same, re- the same things I do on Facebook. I try to educate as much as possible. I try to post about some fun stuff that I do. And then I have another Instagram account, which is um, for Evolving Bodies, business only. So I guess a few years ago, they changed the algorithm on Facebook. And instead of you being able to see all of the different people that you became friends with on Facebook, your homepage and everything is now narrowed down to about 20 or 30 people that you either converse with a lot or that are in your area and you see a lot. So Um, all of the people that I used to follow, all of the juicing experts and the nutrition experts and the fitness experts, I no longer see them anymore on my homepage. I have to go and search them out. So um, I have been using Instagram a lot more for education than Facebook because um, I don't want to offend my community and start, you know, deleting people just so that I can start to have a different news feed again where I'm seeing all of the educational stuff that I used to love. You actually have to kind of go out and search it out yourself. And then on Instagram, um, I figured out how to kind of modify my homepage so that I'm only kind of seeing things that I am currently interested in. And I've learned a couple of ways to manipulate that. So I wanted to share it with you because I hear a lot of people complaining about the idiots posting idiotic stuff on Facebook, and I am one of those people that complain, but there are ways that we can try to change what we are seeing. So let me just talk about Facebook for for one. I'm in a little bit of a different situation because I have a base group of about 2,000 people that I really kind of can't delete um, in order for the other people that I would like to see their information pop up. But for those of you who aren't worried about offending anybody, um, I would suggest That you start typing in to your search bar anything that you are actually interested in. Like if you're interested in nutrition, search up nutrition pages and see what comes up. And then do a little research yourself on, you know, which ones you like before you start following them and liking their pages and see what resonates with you. The more you do that, the more those particular pages will show up in your Facebook and your homepage and less of the nonsense. Also... It goes by who you engage with the most. Like I said, I have a base community that I can't really delete, and I don't want to delete them just so that other things turn up. But also I do communicate a lot with them because maybe they're members of the gym, they're family, their clients, their friends. And, of course, you want to comment on their posts and let them know that you're there, you see, you're supporting. The problem with that is the more I comment on people um, – Facebook takes that as that is your community, and so you're only going to really see their stuff. So I have to do a better job also of searching out the fitness, nutrition, juicing, um, and um, medicine pages that I used to follow and I need to start commenting on that more so that they start, um, co- popping up in my, in my page. So that's one way that you can do it. Start commenting on pages that you would like to see more in your Facebook feed. And then more of them will show up in your feed. Um, and then before you know it, every time you open Facebook, maybe you're c- going to see like the three or four people that you love to see all their pictures and communicate with. And then you're also going to have, interesting stuff um that you like there whether it's news or hobbies or anything i just would search it up in the bar and then it'll it'll come up and it'll say um see all pages like this just click you know click that and then all different pages associated with that topic will start to come up so that's one way that you can do that on facebook another way is um is you know by deleting Uh, people off of your Facebook that you don't really communicate with so that um, Facebook doesn't generate them into your homepage all the time. So that's obviously another way to do that. And I do just want to say that we, we do have an incredible opportunity now with social media to really have a platform to be able to either educate or inspire, or to ask for help. Um, You know, and unfortunately, I think that as narcissistic as we have now become because of social media, there's just so much garbage on there. And people posting without thinking, um, and it wastes our time, honestly. When people are posting stuff like Um, I hate the cryptic messages. Can we just talk about this for a second? If you have posted up a trillion pictures of you and your new boyfriend and it has been shoved in my face and I'm commenting on them and I'm happy for you and then all of a sudden you post up something like saddest day of my life, heartbreak again, and you don't write anything else underneath that, I'm mad at you now because I feel like we have been um, supporting you and then You just post this cryptic message and you don't tell us what's going on. I feel like, wow, I've just really been wasting my time for nothing, um, you know, trying to support these people. So I hate when people do that. The cryptic messages are the worst. Um, Or I need prayers today. It's, you know, tell us what's going on. If you're going to post something like that up, at least be sincere and genuine and, and tell us part of the story so that we can help you. Because obviously, if people are reaching out on social media... Um, and they are posting cryptic messages like that, they need attention, they want attention, and they obviously need some support and help. I don't mean attention in a negative way. I just mean obviously they're lonely and they need some help um, or they're not feeling like they're supported in something, then they only give you a quarter of the story. So I think people should just be a little bit more responsible with their social media postings. The other thing I cannot stand is when people waste your time with a post, like let, for example, just say, um, somebody posted up and they say, my gosh, the traffic out there today is crazy. Okay. Well, that was a complete waste of my time. Um, because it's a nonsense post. Like no one really cares. No one cares what you ate at lunchtime, unless you are someone in the fitness industry or in the nutrition industry, or you are posting your story, your fitness journey. And therefore, those meals will help someone else. Otherwise, I hate to tell you foodie people, no one cares. It's a waste of your time at dinner. You are with people that obviously you should be um, there with in person, you know, cultivating your real relationships. And instead, you're taking pictures of your food and you're posting it up on, on Instagram or Facebook and then you're commenting when people comment on it and you're looking at how many likes and it's a waste of your time you should be putting that time into the actual relationship um, between you and the people that you are at dinner with one and two no one cares I promise you no one cares it's not making you more popular it's not going to get you more friends um, and it's not going to boost your ego in any way so All of those posts like that, like anything that is just mundane, it's a waste of time to other people. And I feel a responsibility for that. I know everybody is really busy. So unless I'm having a very hormonal day, and sometimes you just got to get shit out um, off your chest, unless I'm having a bad day, I really, really try to be responsible with my posts. I try not to waste anybody's time in terms of reading it. And I try to post things that if people do read my posts, They either learn something, they feel motivated, or I stirred up some type of feeling or conversation. And therefore, it wasn't a waste of their time. So I do think that people need to be more responsible um, on social media. And of course, it's your platform. Of course, you can put up whatever you want. But, you know, you can also do whatever you want basically in public, but you still hold yourself to some type of... um, you know, conduct, and I feel like it should be the same on social media, but again, you guys do whatever you want, I just wanted to help you, um, if you're one of the people like me that get just so annoyed with people's stupidity, I wanted to help you, um, design your social media content so that it's showing up, and it's motivating, inspiring, or educating you. Let's move on to, um, Instagram. So, Instagram, I have so much to say on Instagram, huh. First, I want to get out the things that are bothering me And then we're going to go into some solutions to help you create uh, a great experience on Instagram. So Instagram, I have so much to say here. One, girls, 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 all of you gorgeous, drop-dead, beautiful girls that do nothing but pay for photo shoots out of your own money just to post up on Instagram in barely there bikinis and almost no clothes in very suggestive poses just to get likes and comments on Instagram. Girls, number one, why are you giving away your goods to these creepy men for free? Why are you doing that? And two, the second a man comments on your Instagram telling you how hot and beautiful and sexy you are, he's gonna scroll right past you, forgot what you look like, and he's making that same comment on some other girl's page. I just don't understand The waste of money. What is the actual purpose? I honestly would love to have a conversation like this. And I I really don't look at a lot of pages on Instagram. If you are somebody who puts up all of your modeling pictures and you honestly get a lot of work or make money from Instagram because you're posting yourself like that, I say, honey, go for it. Absolutely do it because you are on social media with a purpose. And if your purpose is to make money modeling or make money swimsuit modeling or whatever it is, that's legitimate. Absolutely, go for it. But to all the rest of the girls that just pay these guys to take pictures of them and then post all of their most intimate poses up on Instagram for all of these men to look at for free, I think that is so crazy, and I think you need to ask yourself why you're really doing it, because it seems to me like there's a bigger issue and a bigger problem there. Two, um, I just want to say, like, there are some girls I follow, uh, one of my friends, I I found her on Instagram, and we just kind of connected and hit it off, and she was my February um, Woman of the Month for Evolving Bodies. Bombshell Fishing. Okay, Bombshell, her name is Michelle, so it's Bombshell with a ch. i C-H. I'm going to give her a shout-out because, and I'm going to give her a shout-out, I'm going to give all of her friends' shout-outs too, because these are a group of stunning, stunning women that actually have a real hobby, and they are out on boats all day. They're anglers, they're fisherwomen, they play in tournaments, they are professionals, this is how they make their money, and they get, crazy endorsements from great companies and they post their bikini pictures um every day of them with a different fish a new catch on their boat and there's a purpose to that these girls are making money they're creating their content on instagram to build their personal brand and they are actually being getting endorsements and making money from it and i absolutely applaud them but at no time will you see these girls just get down in some crouch position And, look, you know, with their butt up in the air, looking behind them just to give guys a thrill. They understand that they can use their beauty to draw people to what they actually want to do. And that's to showcase how great they are and how talented they are at fishing. So they use that. But at no time do you ever see a um, frivolous post from any of them. And I have to tell you, these girls are some of the most stunning drop-dead Gorgeous women I have ever seen in my life, and a couple of them I've met in real life, and I can honestly tell you that's exactly what they're like. So, I do, I love that. Um, I love to see strong women on Instagram. I follow a lot of tactical shooting women, I follow a lot of um, women that are into archery, obviously. I follow a lot of women that are into fitness, but there's purpose to all of those pages, and so. That's my thought on that. I don't know if that was really even educational to you, but more of a rant that I just have been dying to get out. And anyway, so that's that. So so let's talk about how to create your Instagram so that you're really only seeing things that make you happy. And it doesn't matter if it's, you know, baby pages or dog pages. I have lots of those that I look at um, just to put you in a good mood, put a smile on your face. Also, there's so many ways you can educate yourself um, on Instagram. So on Instagram... I use a lot of hashtags when I'm searching something. So instead of just searching up fitness, I use the hashtag fitness or use the hashtag um, nutrition or nutrition expert um, or doctor, whatever it is I'm looking for. And then you are taken to all of those pages that have used that hashtag. And then you can do your own research. On these people, you can click on their picture. You can see their page. Maybe there's somebody that has, you know, extreme knowledge in nutrition or extreme knowledge in medicine, extreme knowledge in anything that you're looking for, and then you could follow them. And you can also um, click something on Instagram, which basically gives you. Um, notifications every time they post stuff so that you know, oh hey, you know what, Um, so-and-so posted something on Instagram, I love their page, let me go and check it out. And that way you, you can look at the things that are posted that may benefit you. Also by doing this, the more pages that you find on Instagram that you are interested in following, the more of those types of pages will be shown to you on your homepage so that you can find new people like on your homepage on um, Instagram. I don't mean your home scrolling page. I mean where they give you like the fitness, health, shopping, whatever. That's your homepage. You will find that they put pages there that coincide with pages that you have generally been looking up and looking. So like for example, um, I started to search up a lot of women in archery. So I look at those pictures a lot. I follow a lot of those accounts. And so on my homepage are new women new pages that I've never seen before of women in archery or um, archery equipment or anything like that. So that's another way that I find new people to follow. And eventually you get your scrolling page and your homepage are all going to be things that interest you and that you enjoy reading about and you enjoy looking at. That way you don't waste your time looking at other people's pictures that you're not interested in and your home pages aren't full of people's pictures that you're not interested in and that does nothing for you. Um, the other way that I use my hashtags to try and find um, like pages or things that I'm interested in When I post something, the hashtags that I use also go to, uh, I don't know they're generally populated or whatever they are, but um, by using the hashtags that I use under my pictures, it also puts it into Instagram's little whatever it is, saying that those are pages and subjects that you're interested in, and then they will start to put more of that on your homepage. Um, So a lot of times I will hashtag, Um, hashtag beach girl, hashtag surf, hashtag, um, you know, stand up paddle. I'm not a particularly great surfer, but I really enjoy those pages. It's so motivating to me and I love to watch people in the ocean. So I tag that under pictures, even though the picture has nothing to do with that. I do that specifically for a reason because I'm looking for new pages on that subject. So that is, um... Instagram. I am not a Twitter expert. I go on and off Twitter. Um, I don't really enjoy Twitter as much personally, so I try to stay on Instagram and Facebook. But I just kind of wanted to give you guys some actionable um, things that you can do to try and personalize your social media so that you are getting the most that you can possibly get out of your social media. So that was the second thing that I wanted to talk about. And the third thing I wanted to talk about is meditation. You know typically when I talk about subjects on the podcast or I post things it's because maybe it's something that's going on in my life at the moment and so I'm hoping that I can educate other people that are going through the same thing or want to learn about the same thing. I've been meditating since um, I want to say probably 2008, 2009. I've been a pretty serious meditator. My cousin in England taught me how to meditate and then my Dad got uh, sick with terminal can- uh, terminally ill with cancer, and I started to meditate, and I realized, wow, this is not just helping me deal with stress in my own life, but it's creating a better life for myself just by controlling my mind. Now, the reason I wanted to bring up meditation is a little selfish, because I do feel like I have really gotten out of that practice in the last, I'd say, three months And I was really thinking about it. And it's funny how I was uh, my most depressed I think I've ever been. I was my most chronically fatigued I've ever been in my life. I was probably in the most amount of pain and generally extremely unhappy with the way things were going in my life outside of my personal life. Thank God my personal life is great, but business-wise, work-wise, all of it, everything. And then I realized, you know what? coincides with all of that is my lack of meditation, which really translates into my lack of mind control. So when you don't control your mind, then you are a victim and a subject to all of your negative thoughts that you cannot help entering your brain. And when you don't know how to control that and you don't know how to change the story that your brain is giving you, it can be very, very. Um, Detrimental to your life because whatever you think about constantly, what The energy that you give to something, that is what is going to grow. And if we don't know how to control our mind, oftentimes without realizing it, we're giving so much energy and so much attention to all of these negative things, and then they start to transpire in your life. And then you're like, poor me, how did this happen? It happened because you weren't controlling your mind. At the end of the day, that is the goal with meditation. It is to um, deal with your stress, to bring you back to what's most important in life, to connect you with the life source energy, and to connect you to yourself. But in order to do all of those things, what you don't realize you're actually doing is controlling your mind. And once you are in that practice of meditation, it becomes a natural habit to control your mind. So every time negative thoughts come in, it was very easy for me to change that storyline and start to think about, more positive things start to get into a state of gratitude and then it was amazing how all of these wonderful things were manifesting in my life and then when I stopped and I couldn't I got out of the practice of controlling my mind and exercising my my mind control through meditation um, as I just mentioned before pretty much everything kind of fell apart so I've been getting back into that I want to explain meditation because I do feel like, It is something that people perceive as, um, I don't know, like like you have to have some type of ability before you start to meditate. You don't have to have any ability. No one that starts meditating is great at controlling their mind. And when you start meditating, because your brain is a muscle, okay, muscle memory, talk about muscle memory, muscle memory is your brain. Because your brain is like a muscle, the thoughts that you have every day and you trying to control those thoughts is exercise. Because your brain has a default setting. It will always start thinking about and bringing more of whatever it is you normally stress about. Because you're constantly thinking about it, so it's constantly gonna bring more of those thoughts into your brain. When you start to try to control your thoughts, try to switch the negativity, it actually is uncomfortable. I don't know if anybody else has dealt with that. Um, I have spoken to somebody else about this and they completely understood what I was saying and I felt so um, validated in that. But it actually hurts your brain. It like It's so uncomfortable to start trying so hard to think about something that your brain isn't automatically thinking about. It hurts your brain. If you can get through that and get past it, then your brain will start to automatically work on its own, bringing you all of the positive and happy thoughts that you need in order to um, create that happy life outside of your head. So when you start meditating, I don't care what anyone says. If you are somebody interested in meditating and truly believe that you cannot do it because you can't control your mind or you don't think you can sit there quietly um, because negative thoughts come in, let me make you feel much better right now. You need to know nothing, and everybody that starts meditating does not have the ability to control their mind yet, and everyone that starts meditating doesn't have the ability to sit quietly for long periods of time, and everybody that starts meditating does not have the ability to sit quietly for long periods of time and control their thoughts. So, it is something that you have to practice every single day. There are so many different types of meditation out there, but... In order for you to start looking into and delving into all of the different types of meditation that are out there, you you got to start with the basics. Let me bring it all the way back down to the basics. The basics of meditation is find a quiet spot that you enjoy. I do it outside because that's what gives me the most amount of energy to sit there and do it. I love to be in the sun. So find somewhere quiet. Start with two minutes a day. Do not try to control your thoughts. Let them happen. What you can try to control during that time period is when a thought comes into your head, try to picture it coming in your brain and then exiting out of the other side of your brain so that you don't you don't ponder on one thought and then that one thought starts growing legs That is you training your brain not to stick with a thought unconsciously and then allow it to start growing legs and having more thoughts like that. And before you know it, you're in a state of anxiety, you're in a state of panic, you're in a state of depression, and everything feels like it's crumbling around you. So meditation in the beginning is just basically being comfortable enough to sit without thinking about everything that you have to do for two minutes. I'm going to give you three actionable actions that you can do to start your journey toward meditation one find a comfortable spot that you can regularly do your meditation practice in if it's in different spots all the time it just gives you more junk to think about so try to find that one spot that makes you really happy Um, I have a couple. If I can't be outside, then there's a spot in my bedroom I love and I sit in a little tiny corner and I make that my little meditation space. So find your spots that you like to sit and start with two minutes per meditation session, especially if you're a highly strong person because you may not be able to take more than that. Start with two minutes a day for two weeks. During those two minutes, all you're going to do is have naturally occurring thoughts come into your head and then when they do if it's a thought of anxiety that produces anxiety in you you're going to picture the thought coming in you kind of heard it but it's going out the other side of your of your brain and it didn't grow any legs i would try that for at least one minute the second minute of meditation or even 30 seconds do nothing but say 10 to 20 things that you are grateful for and You know, of course, we've all hit those times in our life where we feel like we have nothing to be grateful for. But believe me, once you sit down and you try to do it, you will see that it will grow its own legs, and then more things, more things that you are grateful for will just come into your mind. For example, I've had times in my life where it was so hard to think of anything I was grateful for. I remember laying in bed. you know, shortly after my son passed, I remember looking to the left where my little side table was thinking to myself, I literally have nothing to be grateful for right now. I don't feel like saying to the universe that I'm grateful for anything because you just took my son. But I realized that um, somebody had bought me a book that I had been really into and it was sitting on my side table. So I just turned around and I went, let me start with the basics. I am very grateful. I have another son who is here, he is happy, he is um, thriving in life, and I'm very grateful for that. Obviously, I'm grateful for my friends. You're grateful for your family. Those things are, are a given, but say them anyway. And then when it comes to you know other things in your life, if you feel like you have nothing to be grateful for, start with the book on the bedside You know that you've been reading, that you've enjoyed. Start with a plant that you bought that makes you happy. Or a candle I mean I have I have said gratitude for the craziest things but the reason I do that is because I know when I'm feeling really hopeless if I start with the small things all of a sudden the bigger things come into play and then before you know it you realize that you have so much to be grateful for so I am gonna make a promise to get back into my meditation every single afternoon And I want you guys to try your two minutes of meditation every single day, whatever's good for you. So here's going to be your three actionable things that you're going to do to start meditating. One, in the morning when you wake up, before you get out of bed, try to find at least 10 things that you're grateful for. And remember, it does not matter how small that thing is. Believe me, I've said I am so grateful that I got a fantastic um, haircut the day before. So it can be anything, but at least 10, and what you're going to find happening is you're going to struggle for the first five, then the second five things come really easy, and then you want to say you're grateful for at least 10 more before you get out of bed. It sets you up for a much more successful day because you started with a positive mindset instead of starting with a negative mindset. I used to wake up every day, and because I wake up in so much pain usually – Um, I would wake up and my first thoughts are, ugh, I feel in pain, I don't want to go to work, I hate life, blah, blah, blah. And when I started to switch that around and when I woke up in the morning and I was in pain, I would say, say, I'm very grateful that I have two really working eyes, well-working eyes, so that I can see all the beauty around me in nature. I am so grateful that although I'm in pain, I have... Arms and legs that do move, I can do anything with them. I would start there, just to remember all the things that you do, that you that you are grateful for, especially when it's something personal like that. When you're in pain, um, or if you are not feeling confident about yourself, start to say thank you for the things that you do feel confident about. Anyway, you're going to start with ten. I promise you, you're going to end up with twenty or thirty before you get out of bed. You're going to continue that in the car on the way to work. You're going to say, I am so grateful that I am in a car because a lot of people have to get public transportation to get to and from work. And I don't know where you live, but in Florida, that sucks. So I'm thankful for the car that I'm driving. I'm thankful that I'm going to a job, that I have a job. I'm thankful for what I do. Try it all the way there. Once you start this practice, you are, you are giving the negative thoughts less opportunity to take control of you. You take control of your mind because if you don't, negative thoughts are going to control you. So that's one. Two, you are going to work on finding that spot that um, that motivates you to meditate. Um, you know, I set up candles. I used to set up a gorgeous little space with crystals and a candle and like some incense just because, I don't know, I enjoy that kind of stuff and it made me feel Good about sitting there and meditating. So, find a spot that you are comfortable in. And the third thing you're going to do is every single day for two weeks, you are going to sit for at least two minutes. And for the first minute, you're going to try to let the thoughts come in, but you're going to be conscious about also letting them leave before they start growing legs. That's one. And then the second minute, or 30 seconds you're going to um picture something that you want to go right that specific day so kind of like envision a scenario um i don't know maybe you have a new client maybe you sell cars and you have a potential new client who customer who's going to buy the most expensive car from you on the lot The 30 seconds or one minute before you're done meditating, try to picture that encounter with that person. Try to picture you shaking their hand, them signing on the dotted line, them leaving, and try to really feel the feelings of how you would feel if that deal went through. It's visualization. This is visualization. And I didn't talk about that, but I will in the next podcast that we talk about meditation because visualization is a form of meditation. And I have gotten really good at that, and I think that it has really, 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 really helped me um, in my life manifest things that I want, and I haven't been so great at at, um, carving out the time to do that. But then the second minute or last 30 seconds to try to envision something that you want to go right that day. Normally, for me, it's just envisioning getting to work on time and um, having an easy drive to work and controlling my road rage, which is something I'm constantly working on. So those are the things that I feel like will really, really help you get started in your journey toward meditation. And just like I had said about the sleeping pills and antidepressants, etc., if you want more information or more help or you have questions about meditation, if there's anything that I can do to help you, please reach out to me. That is the entire purpose of me spending so much time researching these subjects and putting together podcasts for you so that I can really help you. So if you think that I can help you further, please let me know. And I thank you so much for tuning in and listening today. Please go to my website, com. You will find awesome blogs there and recipes, videos, um, products, health products that we make and all kinds of fun stuff, and you can email me anytime at lily, L-I-L-Y, at evolving Bodies, of course, with a Z, dot com. You can find me on Facebook under Lily Simon Jaffe. You can find me on Instagram under Lily Jaffe and Evolving Bodies, and you can find me um, on Facebook, too. I have an Evolving Bodies page there, too. Thank you so much, and until next time, we are over and out.